Welcome to the She is Unstoppable podcast. I'm your host, Laura McLean, and I will be interviewing unstoppable women who are doing big things, making a massive impact, and changing the world. I hope you are ready to be inspired and start going after your biggest dreams. I am so excited for you guys to hear this super relatable conversation with my friend, Teresa Dodd. Teresa is a time management and productivity coach, and today we talk about mom guilt, learning to say no, procrastination, time buckets, and so much more. Please welcome today's guest, Miss Teresa Dodd. Hi, Teresa. How are you? Hi, Laura. I'm good. I'm pumped for today's conversation. Yeah, I'm so happy to have you. I don't know. Where did we first meet? Was it the Small Business Moms Group? Yeah, it was the Small Business Moms Group, which I don't even think was all that long ago, maybe within the last year. And then we just kind of connected from there. Right. So I think I was looking for somebody that had your expertise and Mm -hmm. I found you Mm -hmm. and our relationship was formed. So (laughs) um, why don't you tell everybody just how you got started? How did you become a time management and productivity coach? And what did that look like? Sure. So first of all, thank you for having me on the show. I could talk about this all day. Um, So I'm happy to do it today with you. I am a, I was a speech language pathologist and I went to school for speech. It was what I always knew I wanted to do. And I'm very much that sort of type A personality where this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to do everything I need to do to get there. And it's all figured out, right? That was what I thought. So I became an SLP, speech language pathologist, and opened up a private practice. And I loved working for myself. I, I absolutely loved it. I loved the freedom, the autonomy, the creative outlet, all of that. And I started that practice in 2014, And in 2015, I started my family. So I had a set of twins at the end of 2015 and my practice was growing and my family was growing. And then two years after that, a little less than two years, I had uh, another baby and the practice was still growing. And of course my family had grown. And then in 2019, I had my son. And at that point I had four kids that were under four and my private practice was not my primary focus. So I loved it. I still loved it, but my priorities shifted a little, shifted a little bit. And I started feeling like If I had things under control at home, like I felt like, okay, everything's managed. The house is somewhat, you know, tidy. The laundry's up, you know, I'm not caught up on laundry and everyone is where they need to be. Then it meant that everything in my practice was sort of falling apart. Like, I'm sure it wasn't, but that's how I thought in my head. That's how I felt. I was behind on deadlines and I wasn't showing up for sessions as prepared as I would like. And so then I would try and focus on the business and grow the business and, and, you know, put my energy and attention there. And then I felt like everyone at home was getting the short end of the stick and things were falling apart at the house. And I didn't feel like I had any sense of control there. And I started thinking, okay, well, how can I get some semblance of control over both at the same time, instead of this like seesaw? And that's what ultimately led me to start really focusing on time management strategies and really implementing systems and processes for both so that I felt like I 
was showing up and I was present in both areas, not like an if or sort of a situation. And once COVID hit, uh, like so many people, a lot changed for us. And I really felt like I wanted to do something different than speech. And that's when I started becoming the, I started my training to become a certified productivity coach. And little by little over the last couple of years, I stepped away from speech pathology and really stepped into this whole time management and productivity coaching. And I've really never looked back. You sound like all of us right now. Just the whole, whenever you think you have one thing under control, you feel like you're something else is suffering and it's just so hard. It is not a good feeling to feel that way all the time. So Mm -hmm. whenever you first started on this journey, did you start trying to put some things into place first or did you start the certification process first? Yeah, it's sort of like which came first, the chicken or the egg. I started first with the systems and like strategies. So I remember pretty vividly sitting down with my husband, who's great. He's, uh, you know, very supportive and he's a hands-on dad. But um, if we're being honest, and I know he would agree, most of the household responsibilities and the kids and all of that was on my plate. And being a small business owner, I had that flexibility, right, to be able to stop work in the middle of the day and go pick kids up and all of that. And I I loved it. It was great. But it also meant that most of that was on my shoulders. So I remember one day sitting down with him and saying, it's not just about the you know, tangible things of like making the lunches, making dinner, putting the clothes away, like all of that, yes, is tiring and it's a lot. But I was like, it's also about the mental load of being a mom and a business owner. And I was like, you, I can give you things to do. Like, can you unload the dishwasher? Can you do this? Can you do that? But the mental list that's constantly running through my head, that's where I really feel like I need the support because I was like, I know you don't think about these things all day long, and I'm not faulting you for that. But I mean, I'm the one who's thinking, oh, I didn't schedule the dentist appointment or, oh, I forgot we have this doctor's appointment this week. Oh, and the kids need this for the fundraiser at school. And that whole list that moms have that are running through their brain. And so we kind of looked at each other and we're like, all right, what can we do about that? So that's where we started what I now call this time buckets system that I have, where for me, I just sort of made these buckets of on paper of categories and brain dumped all of those things that fell on under those categories that were running through my brain. So I had a business bucket and I had a household bucket and I had a family bucket and any of the things that fell into those categories, I just put them in those places so we could both see on paper that invisible load of motherhood that most of us experience, but our spouses usually don't, (laughs) not to fault them. And then I was like, all right, so what can we do about this? And that's where I started very like tactical, practical strategies of what do we do with all of these things? How do we actually problem solve for them so that I don't feel so overwhelmed in all of these areas of my life? Yeah, exactly. I think that we can all relate to that. I know you and I have talked many times about my struggles, and I'm going to send everybody over to your podcast at the end of the show, because soon you and I are going to do a 
time management on podcast coaching on your podcast, which is mm-hmm. the Time Tamers, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Because I still, I have improved greatly through the years, but it's still a problem. And mm-hmm. that mental load is still hard. And whenever you are flexible, where I'm flexible and my husband's position is not, I spend so much of my day going through that mental load. And by the time I get all the mental load off of my plate, it's time to go get the kids. Then I didn't do my job. (laughs) And so then it's a struggle because it's never a good feeling to feel like something is suffering. And so it sometimes feels like it's just never ending. That's something either I'm struggling over here or I'm struggling over there. And I think that whether they, you know, whether it's a business owner which most of my listeners are are business owners, or a working mom, or a single mom, or um, anyone really like we struggle with time management and productivity. Mm -hmm. And one thing I hear people say a lot, and I can relate to often is there's so much on my plate right now, that I don't know where to start. Yes. So I've done nothing. I have all of these things to do, but I'm, I don't know where to begin. And then the feeling only gets worse. The feeling of not, I mean, not getting it done and not feeling like you're being successful in any one category. So, Mm -hmm. so yes, I think that's all very relatable. I think your story is so relatable. So then what happens? COVID hits, you decide you're going to get into this field. So then Mm -hmm. what does that look like? So remember at the start, I told you I'm like the, oh, I have this all figured out person. And so it took a little bit of time for me to work through the mental and emotional pivot that I was experiencing because coaching was absolutely never on my radar. I was going to, you know, grow my private practice and I had all these sort of plans for that. And, you know, it just became pretty clear that at the time of COVID, shortly after anyway, shortly after COVID hit, that that was not how things were going to go for me. And so I had to work through that um, and really reassess what it was I wanted to do. Because at first it wasn't this clear like, oh, I'm going to be a productivity coach and this is exactly what I'm going to do now. It was like, well, what? (laughs) Wait a second. I'm not going to be a speech pathologist for the rest of my life. So I worked through all of that. And when I learned more and more about coaching, I was like, okay, yes, this is a fit for me. This was actually, at first I was seeing coaching and speech as two very different things. And when I worked with my own coach and some business mentors, they helped me to realize that there was a lot of overlap there, that they really weren't totally two separate things. And that maybe what I learned and did as an SLP could work and and serve me and my clients as a coach. So I enrolled in the coaching certification program and I was in a business mastermind at the time. And they, I had joined the mastermind thinking I was going to grow my private practice. And as I was in that mastermind, that's when all of this was happening. So we shifted focus. They helped me to set up the LLC for the coaching. And I started really thinking about okay, the things that I'm good at, I can help other moms do this too. You know, I certainly don't have it all figured out, but I felt like I had learned enough and found enough strategies and also found enough 
sort of work and strategies for the mindset shifts that needed to happen as a mom and as a business owner that I could help other women do the same. So that's when I really started on this journey of self-development, self-personal growth and all of that and started looking at, it's not just about these strategies of how to make the most of your time. It's also about how we think about our time and how we think about ourselves and understanding that, you know, we as women do get to decide how we spend our time. We think we don't, but we do. And I, for so long, was so reactive. Like anything that would come my way, I would just respond to it and and go. And it was not working well for me or my family. And I realized I needed to be more proactive. So I needed to like be very intentional in advance about what I was going to do, how I was going to spend my time. And it really, there was a big shift for me about, you know, the value of time and the ownership of our time and deciding, okay, it's, you know, I can use all of these strategies, but I also have to believe that I, that it can be different, that it doesn't have to be so stressful, doesn't have to be so hard. And as I started learning that, putting sort of that mindset work and those strategies together is where the magic happened for me. And then in turn, the magic would happen for my clients. One of my good friends and I, we are always just talking about how it feels like we're always just trying to check a box all the time. We're just, if we can mark that off of our to-do list, yeah, get time. that dopamine hit, right? It's, it's like, like a dopamine hit. Just get yeah. it. It really is just like you said, like there's no other thought behind it other than this is coming my way. I have to take care of it. I have to take care of it. I have to take care of it. Never like, do I though? Like, is this, yes. is there a different way to do this? Is this my whole life? Is this going to be my whole exactly. life? Exactly. Checking just off boxes. Checking boxes so that I can say that it's done or is there a better way? So why don't you share um, both strategies and mindset if if you could tell my listeners something to help before this conversation is over what would you say because yes. I would say 99.9% of us are struggling with this very same thing a hundred percent I agree with you and I'm happy you you mentioned that because you know especially most of the clients I work with tend to be, the overachievers. And, uh, and so many of them are also speech pathologists. And so we do look at like, well, do you need to check all those boxes? And why are you putting these things on your to-do list? So we sort of start there. Um, I also work with a lot of adults who are diagnosed as adults with ADD and ADHD. And so that sort of was like an aha moment for them that explained a lot of things that they had experienced over time that they thought there was something wrong with them. And really, you know, thought they were lazy and and just unmotivated and distracted and scattered. And so now that they have this, this diagnosis, this new lens of understanding, looking at strategies to help them with that as well. But in terms of mindset, I think the very first step is recognizing that it can be different and getting on board with that idea. Because if you, as a mom, as a business owner, if you don't believe that it could be different, then we are wasting our time with these strategies, even these tactical strategies, because you're going to use them, but you're not going to be committed because you don't have that belief. So the very first step is acknowledging and believing that, yes, it can be easier than what it is, right? I can take back some control. Um, And in addition to that, in terms of mindset, we look at 
how do I value my time and what are my needs and what are my values? So the first step that I would have after we work through that sort of belief is ask yourself. So for anyone's listening, who's listening, ask yourself, what is most important to me right now? What are the most important things to me? And if it helps you to think back to like those buckets that I mentioned earlier, think about it that way. You know, what is most important in my business right now? What are my values for my business? Where do I want to focus my time and attention and energy? What is most important in my family right now? Where do I want to focus my time, my energy, my attention? And do that for those big buckets of your life because you need to recognize that you cannot do it all. You absolutely cannot do it all. And if we become more intentional about what we're spending our time on, we're going to benefit from those activities so much more. We'll be so much more fulfilled. So once you sort of have identified what those needs and values are, then we look at, okay, well, where is your time going? And is your time going to places that are in alignment with those values and needs? You know, you and I were talking before we before we came on here, we were talking about, you know, the little jobs that we have, right? And things that we do and, you know, what are the things that we're doing in our lives and are they where we want to spend our time and attention and energy right now? So having those really honest, you know, conversations with yourself. Other mindset things are boundaries, knowing that no is not a four-letter word. You can say no to people and no is a complete sentence. You don't have to give a reason. Uh, Working through the mom guilt, you know, I was on another podcast recently, we talked about mom guilt and like, how do you get through that? And, you know, I think one of my answers is sometimes you don't, like, sometimes you just have to acknowledge that the mom guilt is going to be there. It can come along for the ride. Like, yes, I see you. You're here. (laughs) That's okay. But I'm still going to do what I need to do for me right now. So working through those thoughts as we're making these sometimes difficult decisions about what we're spending our time on. And then if we're looking at tactical, practical strategies for time management, I think there's a lot to be said for having a to-do list that works for you, right? Um, Not just the things that you think you need to check off, but now that you're putting sort of the right things, air quotes, on that list, then looking at them and thinking, okay, well, what are some things I can batch, Batching is a really simple, easy strategy. So what are the things, tasks that are alike that require a similar energy or brain space for me and maybe also require like the similar tools, materials, stuff like that? So for example, in my business, when I record my podcast, I'll batch episodes and I'll record a few episodes at once or from planning content, I'll plan content at once. So I'm in that headspace all at once, not shifting from one thing to the next. Which brings me to my next strategy, which is multitasking, recognizing when you're doing it and trying to shift the way that you do it. And I know some people argue that, you know, you cannot multitask and you should never multitask and it's horrible. I kind of have a different opinion on this one. I believe that there are things that you can multitask depending upon the energy and the brain, you know, the work in your brain that it exercises, that it takes. So I know for me, 
I can't say respond to emails while I'm, you know, watching a show and and trying to relax. Like that kind of multitasking doesn't work well for me, but I could do sort of, you know, filing and organizing and stuff like that while I'm listening to a podcast episode. That's okay. And I'm getting, I'm absorbing both things at the same time. So I do think multitasking is okay when it's done the right way. And that will look different for every person. I love a good timer. (laughs) So I've got, I use timers to help me start things that maybe I don't want to start. So I'll say, all right, I know I got to sit down and record an episode. I'm going to set a timer for 10 minutes. And when the timer goes off, I'll sit down and do it. Or I'll set a timer to help me get things done more quickly and be more focused and more efficient. So when I'm doing my household chores, I set a timer and that tends to keep me focused and motivated to get going. Um, What else? I know people that use time blocking. And I think that works well for some people. Are you familiar with time blocking or do you think listeners would be? Oh yeah, for sure. We've talked about time blocking before. So, okay. But you don't do time blocking? I do and I don't. The way that I do time blocking is kind of thinking about those buckets that I mentioned and I'll block off times of my day for those buckets. So I know I have a personal bucket. And so the morning is before the kids wake up is my personal bucket. That's a block on my calendar. So from like 4.35 a.m. until around 6.30, that's me. That block is for me. And then I have a family block from 6.30 to about nine when I'm doing stuff with the kids. And then on my calendar, nine to two is my work block, my business block. And so that just helps me compartmentalize a little bit and keeps me focused on those things during that time. And then when it's time to go get the kids, I know it sounds super cheesy, but I do do this. I just envision myself taking my hat off for work and then putting on a mom hat. I'm like, okay, I'm walking out the door. I'm closing the office. So closing the office door. So that way when I'm with my kids, I can be more present. And don't get me wrong. I still have those thoughts about business that pop in and I'll get texts and messages. But if I know I can picture my calendar I can picture those blocks in my calendar. I know I've sort of punched in and punched out. It helps me stay more engaged and present and know that I am exactly where I need to be right now. Yeah, for sure. So that is something I've been trying to work on lately. I was going to get the kids. I go to get the kids about 2.45. And that's an early workday to be done. But what I was doing was being like, but then after I go get them, I'll get this, 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 and this done. But then the kids come home and they need their snack. And then, you know, we need to make sure we have everything for practice ready. And then we need to get water bottles and clothes set out and, you know, all the things done. And I was never getting back to what I needed to do. Mm -hmm. And so then I was getting really frustrated. Like it was, I said I was going to do all of these things. I was never doing them in the evening. So I had to be like, By the time I get the kids, that's now time with the kids. That is now family time. The office is closed. Just like you said, I need to be really productive during work time. And that's work time. And then from this time on is family time because I was constantly feeling like we talked about earlier, just I was frustrated that I could not get done what I needed to get done once I had picked them up. So I think that's great that you said that. Like, I think that's a really good way to look at it. Just you know, I'm going to take this hat off now. And now it's now I'm putting on the family hat or the mom hat. And you're right, you're never going to shut it all off. 
There's when you're, you know, especially since most of our listeners are business owners, you think about your business all the time, Mm -hmm. just like you think about your kids all the time. You know what I mean? It would be like saying you don't think about your kids while you're, you're in um, working, but regardless, I think that's a a really good point and um, something that I struggled with also. So it was one of those situations where I was like, I have to learn to let this go. Yeah. You know, we think we can, we we want it. We're on that productivity train. Right. And we're like, Oh, I know I can get this done while they're around. And then we're triggered. I totally feel the same way. Like if I think I'm going to get something done for work when the kids are around, it doesn't typically happen or it doesn't go as smoothly as I want it to. And I feel very triggered and they get the the short end of the stick. They they're on the receiving end of that. And that's not fair to anyone. So having that sort of honest conversation with myself and just saying, you know what, like that is one of the perks of being a business owner, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but one of the the benefits for me about owning my business is so that I could be here for these moments with the kids and other, you know, if I, if I keep doing these habits, getting in these habits that I was in, it was totally backfiring and it was counterproductive. And it was like, what am I doing? The whole point of this was to be able to be with them and be present. And now I'm not. And so what's the point of this? So really having to make those, you know, make those changes and it's not easy. And I'd be lying if I said I never do work in the afternoon when the kids are around or I never respond to messages. That would be a lie. But at least I'm more aware of it and I'm more intentional about those choices when I make them. Something else that I know that we've talked about before is, and you just said it with waking up early, you know, yeah. I also wake up really early and that's also my time. I'll put myself in a situation where um, if I have something extra that I need to do, or if there's some work that needs to be done, I'll be like, I'll do it after the kids go to bed. That's another situation where it's never happening. I am a morning person. I am not a night night person. My brain is not functioning after the kids go to bed. So to think that I'm going to build something or do something great for work at that time does not happen. So do you have any thoughts on um, people finding out their time of day? I think it's also just because you and I are morning per- morning people. I think it's also, I don't think you can just say, well, wake up earlier, be a morning, have yes. this morning routine. So do you have any advice for people to find their time of day? Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Cause I do get so frustrated when I hear, you know, people in the field or, or, or coaches or whoever saying you need to wake up early before your kids. I knew I did. I was always like that. I remember when my twins were, were born. I mean, shortly after, once we sort of got the sleep thing into some patterns, I knew I needed to get up every morning before them and I needed to shower. Like those were the two things I needed to do in order to feel somewhat good, somewhat like a human. And then eventually it was exercise as well. And so I slowly built those things back in. And so I would say to your, to your listeners, you know, ask yourself, where is my energy? Like most people know, am I a morning person? Am I a night owl? Right. And then, but look even more, even deeper than that. Notice throughout the day, even when you're structuring your work day, where is your energy during those days? Um, so for example, for me, I do 
a lot of my sort of creative work in the mid morning. Like I know I'm very sort of creative, creative and inspired and motivated in the mid morning. So I'll do my recordings, my podcast, my podcast recordings around that time. And then usually at like lunch or after lunch is when I'm feeling a little bit more drained. And so my brain just wants to do like the organizing and the admin stuff that isn't really thought heavy that I can just sort of execute, check the boxes and that that's so that's where I plug that in. That's when I do those tasks. So think about it that way too. And and that will help you, hopefully will help listeners decide when they want to do things. Because if you're trying to work against that, you're working against yourself and your natural energy, it's going to take you longer to do the things that you're trying to do. So you can ultimately be more efficient. And then don't shame yourself for whatever your answers are. If you're a morning person, great. But if you're not, don't shame yourself. Just, you know, same thing. Like I got to go to bed by nine, 10 o'clock at the latest, or I'm not a good human the next day. So be aware of what those of what those patterns are and don't make it mean anything about yourself other than this is what's going to work best for me, which means it's going to work best for everyone around me. Right. So let's go back to everything you just taught us. So I wrote down (laughs) some questions. Let's get back to the one thing that I know we all struggle with saying no. (laughs) <laughs> so that was one of the first things you touched on is that no is a full sentence. We mm-hmm. have to learn to say no and just be okay with it. Mm-hmm. What did that look like for you to learn that? What do you tell other people? How do you tell a people pleaser who a yes girl to start saying no? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's such a hard question. It's such a good question. And it's such a hard one to answer. I think it will look a little different for everyone. But I mean, the first thing I ask my clients is how is it working for you? For those who are saying yes to everything, how is that working for you? In some cases, those yeses are working fine, but in many cases, those yeses are not. And when we look at, okay, you said yes to something, you wanted to say no, but you didn't. Now what? Like, let's unpack that. Let's look at how does how do you feel when you go to do that thing? How do you feel before you're going to do the thing you wish you said no to? How do you feel during? How do you feel after? Also asking yourself, well, what are you afraid of? Like, what do you think would happen if you say no? What is what is holding you back from saying no? Um, also recognizing that no, while it is a complete sentence, it doesn't necessarily mean never. It can just mean not right now. It can just mean not now, right? And I I just truly believe that if all of us were walking around with boundaries and honoring those boundaries, we would feel a lot less resentful. Um, We'd feel a lot more peaceful and a lot more present and be able to show up and do the things that we want to do, giving all of our time and energy to those things. And one thing that might help listeners is thinking about time as a budget. And so I work with clients thinking about you only have so many hours in a day. So think about that as if you would balance a budget, right? And usually it's funny because usually the people who don't like budgets are the people that don't like this concept. And like, this is like, I'm like, but no, stick with me. You only have so much time in a day. So if you really think about it like that, 
are you, do you want to spend your time on this? Because if you say yes to this, then you're saying no to something else. So getting really honest about what that is. Um, those are things that I think have been helpful for me in saying no, and that have been helpful for my clients in saying no as well. Yeah, I think you said resentful. And I think that's the word I hear the most often when people discuss this with me is they said yes, and then they're resentful about it. And that's not good for anyone to no. feel that way. If that's no. the energy that you're giving to, yes. to that situation or the thing that you said yes to when you wanted to say no, um, being resentful isn't isn't the answer. You know, that's not the best way to to give your energy. Right. Because it risks the relationship. And I think a lot of people think they want they need to say yes to things because they don't want to risk a relationship. You know, they think if I say no to this, then they're not going to they're not going to like me anymore or they're not going to be friends with me or they're going to, you know, have these horrible thoughts about me. But then they say yes. So so then they say yes. And then when they're doing the thing that they said yes to they're feeling crappy. And the person that's that they're doing it for is usually sensing that, right? And sometimes they're not even, the person isn't even showing up and doing the thing that they committed to doing wholeheartedly. And the friend or whoever is is aware of that. They're picking up on that. And so that risks the relationship too. So think about how you might be able to say no to that, but say yes to something else that would allow you to still feel like you're honoring the relationship if it is a relationship that you feel you need and want to honor. Right. Something else that you brought up earlier, we were talking about um, just getting distracted and multitasking. And I sent, and I don't know that this is even a question, but we'll see where this goes because I don't remember the study exactly. But I know I sent my husband a study the other day that talked about how long it takes your brain to come back to what you were doing once you've been distracted. Yes. Now I am distracted all day long. <laughs> so I'm like, how many minutes today took me away from what it was I was trying to complete because I was distracted by something? Do you have any thoughts on this? Do you know the study or the, the number of minutes or yeah. can you elaborate? Yeah. I've heard I've heard different numbers. Um, but any number from a time management standpoint is too expensive in my mind. If like, we're keeping in line with that sort of budget concept, um, you know, when I think about it like that, I'm like, oh, well, that's not worth, uh, that's not worth it to me. So one thing that I do that has helped me tremendously, this is so, so simple, but it might help your listeners if they've never done this before is when they're sitting down to their, to do their work. That's usually when I have all those thoughts of like, oh, I didn't call the doctor. I didn't return that phone call. I didn't pay that bill. I didn't do this. So I just keep a notepad. Sometimes it's like a post-it or sometimes it's a legal pad and I keep it right next to me. And anytime those thoughts come into my head, I just put it down on the piece of paper. And then I come back to it later when I'm in that block of my day to focus on that thing. I don't keep my email open when I'm working, sometimes I'll put my phone on airplane mode, you know, thinking about ways that I can limit those distractions, especially if it's something, if I'm doing something that I don't really want to be doing or that it's challenging, that's when my brain automatically wants to go and even seek those distractions out, even if they're not coming to me, they'll go, my brain will go find them. So knowing yourself and knowing what tasks that tends to happen 
for you more often um, and what those distractions are. I mean, I've got four little distractions that live in my house and I can't really do a whole lot about them, but (laughs) we do what we can. And one of the things that I do, like we talked about, is that sort of time blocking uh, punch in, punch out kind of a concept. Yeah. And I wrote down phones and watches as a distraction here as a question to ask you just in in you said you'll put your phone on airplane mode the constant um vibrating of the watch knowing that the messages are going off it's really it is a hard thing to not focus on to not turn your attention to when you're in the middle of something but then you turn your attention to it and now you've lost track yes of what you were doing and and that's a struggle for sure to um to turn your your watch on do not disturb to turn your phone on airplane mode and to not look at your email, not look at social media and put your head down and get to work because there are so many, aside from the mental load of motherhood, there are so many distractions, so many things that are wanting our time all the time. Mm -hmm. You're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And I've noticed too, that some days when I'm just maybe really stressed or overwhelmed, or maybe I haven't gotten a lot of sleep or haven't worked out or whatever, I'll be even more distracted on those days. So sometimes what I have to do, what I choose to do is to stop work or stop whatever it is that I'm doing and walk away and just go do something different, like a 10 minute meditation, walk outside around the block, usually it's like leave the room, leave the environment and see something else and hear something else to sort of like reset my brain and then come back. Even though my brain will tell me, no, you don't have time for that. You look at this list of things you have to do before you pick up the kids. You can't go do a 30 minute workout in the middle of the day. But sometimes that's exactly what you need to do to be able to be more efficient and focused in the time that you are working. So taking a break can actually save you time. I say that all the time about the outdoor workouts because I'm always out. I walk or I hike, but there's so many benefits to it for me. I am unplugged. I am getting fresh air, sunshine. I'm away from everything for a minute. It's like my meditation Mm. and just being away from everything to just kind of refocus for a second and be like, okay, I'm okay. You know? And uh, so, so I love that about stepping away for a minute. Yeah. I love that you said unplug because so many times I'm sure you can relate to this. There's just information coming at you all day long. Right. And so some of, most of us are, are, are getting that. And then some of us crave that, um, you know, we're consumers of information and we crave that. And what happens to us, I think, is it's overload. It's information overload. So we get to the point where like we try to take a break and go outside and go for a walk, like you said, but we're listening to a podcast or we're having a phone conversation or we're on our phone scrolling, right? And so we thought we were taking a break. What we thought our brain needed is not actually what our brain needed. Our brain just needed to kind of turn off for a little bit. And so, in fact, yesterday I was in the car for, I had like an hour and a half drive and I listened to a really good coaching session uh, recording. And then afterwards, after that one, I went to play then play another podcast episode and I was so distracted and I like stopped myself and I was like, what are you doing? Like, you just think you have to, 
keep listening to stuff. You don't. And I wasn't paying attention. So I just turned it off and just drove in silence. And I got to where I was going and I was like, oh, that's exactly what I needed. I just needed to turn it off for a little while. It is so true. Just we're never alone with our thoughts anymore. We always have something going. So I saw, I don't know. I read that somewhere along the way that when you're walking, like if you're outdoors walking or hiking, stop looking at your phone. And so I try to not work on my phone, scroll on my phone. And I do like look at, you know, sometimes you're there, but every day I try to at least go like one mile outside with nothing on. And then I'll turn music on or a podcast. Um, But the other thing is what I used to always do is it had to be information that was helping me learn. I had to be listening to a podcast about how to grow my business or how to do something better. It had to be personal development or growth of some sort. Even with um, with books. So I love to read and I hate to admit this, but I prefer the fiction books for me personally over, you know, the nonfiction, personal development, self-help and all that. I do love those books, but if I'm just being honest, my natural energy is like, give me a good fiction book where I can just turn everything else off and dive into it and just be in that and nothing else. Um, So for a while I would like, no, you can't read those books anymore. You need to be reading, you know, business development books and all of that. And I was like, nope, you know what? I can, I can find a way to do both and do this in a way that, that works well for me. It's just a great stress relief for me. So I'm in the middle of a good cheesy, corny crime book right now. And I'm loving every minute of it. I love that. Anyway. Okay. I have one more question for you about just time management and productivity that I see the people in the small business moms group struggling with a lot that I struggle with a lot. I know you and I have talked about this before, but working at home with just working at home in general, we want to do the laundry first. We want to do the dishes first. We want to vacuum the floors first. We want to check all the things that have to be done every single day we have all of these distractions when when we're at home. So do you have any tips there for, I mean, we know what we need to be doing, but how do we take the first step? Is that, would you say mindset also? How do you get out of the, yeah, how do you get out of that bad habit of being like, I'm going to do all of these things and then I'm going to get to work and then it's time to go get the kids. Yes. Um, we could do a whole podcast on just that topic. I love that topic because it's so relatable for me. Okay. couple thoughts. I'll give you some tactical ones first, and then just a couple of like food for thought types of things as well. So I, what works for me is I identify sort of like my baseline of what I need the house to be like in order to feel somewhat calm and like okay. Right. So for me, it's, um, after the morning when everyone gets out of the house, it's the kitchen, like getting the table cleaned up and the dishes put in the dishwasher. And it's usually if there's any like toys or clutter laying around, which there's not a lot often, but some, some days there are, I'll pick those up. Right. And so it's not perfect, but it's at least for me, my level of, okay, this is, this is sane. I would like it to be better, but I can go work and focus now that I've done that. So I come home and I'll do like a 30 minute 
cleanup. And I set the timer and I go from section to section in a room. So in my kitchen, I usually start with the sink and then I go to the table and then I go counter, 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 and I go around. And then whenever the timer goes off after 30 minutes, I'm done. And it's like, whatever's done is done and that's it. Then I walk away and I go to work. Second tip is trying to have a space that is separate for you to do your work. So for whatever, that's going to look different for everyone, right? But if you have a space in your house that can be just for work, that's obviously ideal, but not everyone does and that's okay. So sort of set up your workspace, if it's your kitchen table, your dining room table, whatever, set it up in a way that triggers your brain. It's work time. So sometimes I have like different um, routines to get me in work mode. So I light a candle, I put my AirPods in, I put on my music, like my focus music, and I turn my phone on airplane mode. And so it doesn't necessarily matter where in my house I'm doing that. But if I do those things, they trigger my brain to say, okay, it's time to work. Um, so that's another tip. And then going back to what I said earlier about like your natural energy, sometimes I will break when I've been working for a while, I mean, a while, like a couple hours of focused work and I need a break. Sometimes I'll, I'll use that time, that break to do a little more of like the house stuff that I would like to get done before their kids are home. So I hate cooking dinner when the kids are around. It's so painful for me. I hate cooking dinner in general. So I'll try and prep something for dinner or I hate trying to fold the laundry when they're around because it just gets really annoying. So I'll fold a little laundry, something like that. And I'll plug it into my day when I need like a change of pace. And that doesn't mean for anyone listening, it doesn't mean that you can't just take a break and do nothing. Okay. Like you can absolutely just take a break and go for a walk, sit on the couch, do whatever you want. Um, but you can also use those moments to get something done around your house if it's going to save you some anxiety, some mental stress later on in the day. Do you have any advice for just procrastinators in general? Yeah. Like what's the difference in like, is it that this is going to make me feel less if, if my house is clean, I feel less anxious every day. That's why mm-hmm. I go to, to that first. Mm-hmm. If the laundry is done, I feel less anxious. If it, really any of it, the mental load of motherhood that we've talked about, the haircuts, ma- making mm-hmm. sure they're scheduled, making sure that the dentist appointments are scheduled, making sure that everything's on the calendar, all of those things, um, they make me feel less anxious. But there are some tasks that I just don't want to do. Yes. So um, do you have any advice for... Is that just you better sit down and put your head down and get to work or do you have advice for like? (laughs) Uh, I wish it were that easy. Yeah. So in my in the Time Tamers Facebook group, it's funny you bring this up because we do monthly challenges and January's challenge was procrastination. So we've been doing things that we've been procrastinating, becoming more aware of what we tend to procrastinate because there's usually what I call procrastination patterns of things that we procrastinate and push off. So getting really, really honest with yourself about those things that you do tend to procrastinate more often, right? And this is where the mindset comes in is identifying, I just did a live about this yesterday, identify the micro thought that is keeping you from starting. So whatever work task that you're avoiding ask yourself, why am I avoiding this? Like, what, what is this about? Because it's usually not about motivation. 
it's not that you're lazy or that you're distracted. It's usually avoiding a feeling. Procrastination is usually trying to avoid a feeling. So you might be feeling inadequate. I don't know how to do this. When I do it, it's going to suck. It's not going to be good. The product that I create is not going to be good enough. Maybe we're we're fearful that we're going to be rejected. Um, you know, it's usually tasks, at least for me and my business, that feel a little bit big and scary that I try to avoid at all costs. Sometimes it's not those big, scary things, but it's the things that are going to require a little bit of energy that I don't really want to give, or it's going to be a little bit of like, leg work or admin work that I don't really feel like doing. But if you can identify the small thought that's keeping you stuck and then start there, just do that one thing that can help you get that momentum to get going and actually do the thing that you would have been putting off. Yeah, I think that's so true. As you say that, I'm thinking of the things that I'm procrastinating and there's a big scary feeling behind all of them. Yes, because we don't want to feel. We don't want to feel those big, scary things. I don't want to feel those big, scary things. (laughs) So we can bury them in laundry. We can bury them in dishes. The laundry, well, that's big and scary too, but (laughs) in a whole different way. In a whole different way, exactly. (laughs) Okay, last, I said that last time, last question, and then we'll jump into all the ways people can follow you. And I know you have a free resource, but um, right now, how different after you've done these things and you've put in the work and you've um, made these changes, how different is your life now? How do you feel versus when you had a practice and two young twins and, you know, you felt like you were always pulled in different directions and nothing was good enough. Do you think that Mm -hmm. you maybe share what it feels like so that moms Mm -hmm. can see the light at the end of the tunnel? Like I did this and you don't have to feel this way. Mm-hmm. The first word that came to my mind when you asked that question was control. I feel more in control. I feel more like I'm in the driver's seat of how I'm spending my time. So for, for me, that goes a long way. That feeling goes a long way. Not that you need to control every aspect of your life. That's not at all what I'm suggesting, but it lets me feel these changes that I've made have helped me feel more like, okay, I've got this. Yes. You know, things go awry and all of that. And there's hurdles and obstacles. And I don't always feel that way all day, every day, but at least every day, some of the day, parts of the day, I do feel more in control and I feel more, I'm trying to think of what the right word is, but I mean, intentional fulfilled, those words come to mind, but in a way productive in a sense of not at all getting the things done. Although that's like a a byproduct of this, it's more of like, I'm spending my time on exactly what I want to be spending my time on so that when I look back and my kids are older and they don't want to play with me all the time and they aren't calling my name all the time and asking for me to do things with them, I'll know that I spent this time when they're little doing exactly what I wanted to be doing. And that is such a huge, that has such a profound impact on me. Um, like it almost, it almost makes me emotional because I just, you see them grow so, so quickly. And I never wanted to look back on this time and feel like I did it totally wrong. I focused on the wrong things. 
Yeah, I think that's so true. And I think everybody can relate to that. Mm-hmm. And it is the reason so many people get into business. So many moms get into business is to spend more time with their kids and then quickly find that they're spending all this time trying to grow this business and support their family that um, they look back at the, you know, the end of the day and they're like, oh, you know, there's that mom guilt really comes in then. Yes. Yes. It's not, you know, it's not what we think matters is not usually what matters. So just focus on what, what really matters most. Yeah. I think that's such great advice for sure. All right. So I know you told me early on that you had a free resource. So will we, will you send me that and I'll put that in the show notes? Yeah. So the, um, time buckets concept that I mentioned earlier, I do have a work, like a workbook, a free resource that kind of walks you through how to do that for everyone listening. They can sort of create that system for themselves. And I'm happy to share that with your listeners. Perfect. So I'll put that in the show notes. And then can you tell us all the places to follow you? Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm most active on Facebook. So I do have a free Facebook group called the time tamers. You can, anyone can join us there and I have an Instagram. I will send you the link for that. It's Teresa M harp on Instagram. And then I have a podcast where I show up every Tuesday morning and that is called the time tamers podcast. It's on all the platforms. Perfect. And I will put all of that in the show notes as well. And in the meantime, Teresa and I will try to figure out when we're going to do my live coaching on her podcast. And um, I will post that everywhere as well. So we'll get that scheduled and, um, and you guys will all have to join in and listen because I think that'll be pretty great. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that'll be fun. I need it. I just need you in my life every day. Like, can you just come (laughs) take like a month (laughs) and come get my life in order? I will love that, Laura. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Your kids will be fine. Yeah, no one will miss me. Nobody will miss you. (laughs) Thank you so much. I think this was really great. You gave us so much good, good advice and steps that we can take and a way to get started. And I really, really appreciate that. Thank you for having me on. This was fun. All right. I will talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the She is Unstoppable podcast. If you loved this episode, please leave us a review. My two boys are tracking downloads and reviews with a sticker chart. So your support will definitely bring a lot of joy to my home. For more information and resources, be sure to visit our website at www.lauramcclainandco.com. That's where you find everything for She is Unstoppable and Small Business Moms. We also have a personal development and business book club, a membership, and a t-shirt club. And I would love for you to join if you are interested in growing with an amazing group of like-minded women. Until next time, don't forget, you are unstoppable.